What doesn't get measured does not get improved. And that's just a fact. On today's episode of Rise, Ground, Repeat, we talked to Eli from AMS Landscaping. We talk about what it was like to take over his family business and what he's done in order to build his team to what it is today. Let's dive right in. Eli, thank you so much for joining on the episode of Rise, Ground, Repeat. Um, you know, what excites me is, I mean, we've been kind of working together, but even before that, I mean, when we were first getting to know each other, I could see the passion and, and what you have for the business that, that you've kind of grown. Um, also, you know, multi-generation uh, business, which is really cool to see it get passed through generation to generation. And so um, would love to hear just the story on how it all started, how you became part of it. And so I guess to kind of kind of kick it off, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and kind of how you got started on the entrepreneurial path? Uh, yeah, my uh, name is Eli Hall. Uh, obviously, we own AMS Landscaping. Um, it was a fa- it was my grandfather's business. It actually started out as Champy Lawn Service in 1969. Moved here from uh, Santa Barbara, like so many people from California, just came here to uh, for the cost of living. And um, I think there was like a quake in 68. My grandma was like, we're out. <laughs> so uh, he came here uh, with a pocket full of cash. And, um, you know, he was a farmer. He had owned 20 acres in um, in Santa Barbara and he actually farmed it. And so when he moved here, it was just his natural instinct to do something in the agricultural mm-hmm. field. So he just started a, a yard service and did it for uh, forever. Um, it was just a one truck operation. A lot of my family had worked in it. My cousins, we had all kind of worked in it. And, um, you know, I, it was just a one truck operation. He never really was trying to expand it. You know, he, he was fine uh, yeah. with his lifestyle of where he worked six days a week, every, you know, forever. Like wow. he hardly had any days off. He's just, it's just that work ethic. He's an old, 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 old school Italian guy. <laughs> Grew up very, uh, in that, and he was a farmer. He was used to working every day. Yeah. So it wasn't a big deal to him. And it was a break. Yeah. Taking an extra day yeah, off. Yeah, like, exactly. Sweet. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I was 26 when I decided to go to work for him full time. He was 79 and, um, and I knew he wasn't going to do it forever. And, and I, uh, you know, my college path wasn't looking, wasn't promising for me. I didn't uh, find myself driven, uh, by education. So I, you know, I was going to college, but I wasn't really driven in to do anything. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm, you know, nobody was interested in my grandfather's business. So maybe you know, I'll do that. And so I worked for him for a few years. Uh, he ended up passing away in March of 99 and he worked up to four weeks up to his death. I mean, he was just Jeez. like, he, he was, you know, he got diagnosed of, of terminal cancer and, and four weeks later he was just gone. And so I was 26, I'm sorry, I was 26 when I took it over, actually 99. Um, and uh, I, I just knew, it, you know, I, I was going to be able to own this business. Yeah. Um, all I was given was the truck, the equipment and the accounts. Uh, did not get a bank account to get anything, which, you know, fair enough. My, you know, mm-hmm. my aunts and uncles, uh, you know, they got their fair share of stuff. And I was grateful to just be able to have the business. Um and, and basically, I was the business. It's not like we had any technology at all. In fact, a year before, I finally started writing things down. My grandfather had everything in his mind. That's like tough. what people owed him, um, the schedule, everything was up in his head. And I'm like, you know, this, Man, how did he do yeah, that? He was That's... in his 80s still doing it. And I'm like, this isn't going to happen. So I took some habits from an old job I had. I created these cards and the dates and how much people owed us. And mm-hmm. that was back in, you know, back when you still advertise in the phone book. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, took it over. 
Um, and you know, obviously here I am in my mid twenties, it, for me, it was exciting. I had a, a business kind of handed to me. It was just a one truck operation. It was really a job. Yeah. You know, I was really just self-employed at that time. It really, really wasn't, isn't the business, wasn't the business that it is today. And I knew I didn't want to push a mower forever, but I was so young and knew nothing about business. Um, I remember when I first, um, hired somebody to drive my crew around in the early 2000s and like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm just going to kick back. And, you know, <laughs> and, uh, what I found when I was young is when I had time, I spent money and I would run out of money. And so every year, every winter, thank God in the winter, I went back to work <laughs> to like build a reserve and mostly consume my time. Cause I realized mm -hmm. when I was young, my time was like a drain in the bank account. <laughs> so, yeah. So that kind of how it led to me wanting to get into multiple, uh, I wanted to get, I knew if I could get into multiple trucks, uh, I could make enough money and it would keep me busy enough yeah. that uh, it would start to turn into a business. And that's kind of what happened. Um, I started a second truck um, that was early days of cell phones. I could forward the landline to my cell phone. So I was answering the phone in the, in the second truck and I just have one guy with me and I would drop him off at a job site and uh, go do a bid when I was in the area. And I just pretty much grew the company by answering the phone all the time. And uh, advertising in the phone book and in the newspaper, if you can imagine that, uh, back in those days. And I just grew it. And I knew I could, once I got to three trucks, I wouldn't have to be, I wouldn't have to push a mower after that. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a lot of, I mean, one is the advertising piece, but two is just identifying process, documenting them and, and have a... Uh a process that just kind of runs the business itself. Especially as you start to scale, you realize, um, you know, you can't copy and paste and and scale up without some sort of system in place, yeah. tracking everything. And um, I learned that uh, later on as I grew that, you know, when you're no longer on a truck, you have to watch efficiency. And um, if you're not careful, if you don't know what it takes to do a certain size property at a certain cost, what your hourly rates are. So... I would start tracking. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but it was my labor efficiency ratio. I track it now as an LER. But back then I was just like, I can only spend so much on labor for every dollar that I make, which yeah. is basically labor efficiency. How do you figure that out? I just, you know, you know, if my crew made 200, um, if my crew earned $600 in a day, this was back in the day when 600 actually was decent income from a crew. <laughs> Um, I didn't want to, and this is when my overhead was nothing. Uh, I, I could not spend more than half of that on labor, but I could get, I could make a good living even spending half of that on labor back in those days. I ran the business out of my house, mm -hmm. had no, I was all the overhead. Um, so every dollar I spent in labor, it brought me a dollar in return at least. So I always did well with it. And, uh, of course, as I grew and my overhead got yep. larger, so did, uh, so did my, my LER, <laughs> So I definitely track a different LER today, but it's, um, that's kind of how I, I, I learned early on, you know, you always get bit, right? You always yeah. get stung when something happens, you learn from it. I always tell people yeah. when you touch a hot pan on a stove, you know, never to touch it again <laughs> in business. That's all that's happening all the time with uh -huh. just different aspects in business. So what was the process that you took to get all these processes documented? And are you at a point to where someone can just pick up? you know, document whatever it is and know exactly how to do it. Cause we're kind of running through that now. And that's something we're putting a lot of focus on is someone, what does the onboarding process look like? How often do we have meetings, all, all that type of stuff. So that it's like, if I were to get hit by a bus, the company could still operate. And right now it wouldn't be able to, but so we're kind of trying to figure it out. How are you able to? We definitely um, have systems in place. Um, I, I, at different places, I, I record loom videos uh, for certain uh certain roles and and i i'm still working on this too it's it's a 
it's a journey. It's always a working progress. I tell people, um, if, if you think everything's got to be perfect all the time, you're never going to get anything done. And forever, I, I wouldn't do training because I was just like, oh, the thought of all the things that I have to write down for training seems so overwhelming. Um, but when I finally just kicked myself in the butt and did it, I realized, you know, you only really need to start with the things like I, I painted a picture of my busiest day and I thought, okay, I'm super busy and I lose my office person. Mm -hmm. What, like, I don't have time to train them. What do I want to say in a loom video, you know, describing kind of what the roles are on how to answer a phone. And it started there. And I realized quickly, um, cause we had all these different, um, verticals of how we made money. Yeah. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is going to be awful. Like if they want sprinkler repair, go down this path. If they wanted installation, go down this path, but there's like 10 forks down that road. Uh And so I realized I'm like, you know, if I'm busy, I'm not going to take on anything other than what we're really good at. And I started my training around that. And so 99% of what we do is uh, landscape cleanups and landscape maintenance. So if we're busy, if I get, you know, if I lose my head girl in the middle of season, mm-hmm. I am not going to take on any sprinkler repair if that's all it is. If, now, if you call and you're like, I got to clean up and I want some maintenance. Oh, and I have a broken sprinkler all day long. We can take yeah. care of that. Uh, but if you're like just calling for sprinkler repair, here's a referral. Uh, if you're calling, you need pavers or something on like this other stuff where maybe there's times of the seasons we'll, we'll, we get slow. We'll take on stuff that we don't normally take on, but all our training and processes are around peak season when we're absolutely the busiest. Cause that's what matters. Yeah. And that's what's scalable. You know, um, the other stuff, if you chase too many rabbits, you don't, you know, you don't get any of them, right? If you mm-hmm. chase two. So, uh, that's been our philosophy with training and it's been really, really impactful for us. So is it a lot of loom videos? Like you just have a library of different videos or so, is it like scripts? It started there and, um, and, and, and it was really with the urgent stuff, the loom video I did for, um, onboarding, um, land, you know, our landscaper, uh, team role for, if you're just a regular laborer on the, on the landscaping crew, uh, which is really the foreman role and just elaborated, um, for the foreman, but we actually have everyone go through it. Cause it, you know, the whole goal is to get everyone to a, an upgraded position where they're moving up in the company anyway. So, but we want everyone on the same page when they're on the truck and it starts there. Um, and then we have, um, I, I use Google drive like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have everything on the cloud. I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot of the, um, you know, processes documented there. I, but I like about loom though, is you can send that link to somebody yeah. and it tells you, you get an email that they see that they viewed it. And then we have, uh, some quest qualifying questions we ask to make sure that they've seen it. We, you know, we have qualifying questions when we're interviewing people yeah. so to make sure that they really know what they're, they're saying, or they really worked in the industry, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how we track and we put it in different places and we have an incredible CRM too for running our business. And what, what's the CRM that you guys use? Yeah. So it's called service autopilot and, uh, I cannot say enough about this software. It's all cloud-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally for years was using a software called clip and it was all, you had to have access to my desktop computer to access it. And we printed route sheets and we handed, we did it for <laughs> 10 years. It was wow. a great system, but like the crew would write down their arrival time, their departure time, then then they would turn in their route sheets at the end of the day. That was their time card. And we would enter all this data. We had all this data entry. And now with Service Autopilot, they just use their, you know, their smartphone and they check in at a job, check out, and all the notes are there um, explaining what's, you know, included in the service. And, and if there's extras, if somebody calls us, 
like calls the office right now and the crew's scheduled to be there in a couple hours. They can say, oh, you know, there's this bush on the left side of the driveway I really want trimmed. Uh, we can literally add the note in real time and wow. it'll show up on the route sheets when the crew arrives later that day. Once you brought in a CRM, I mean, get to data and analytics in a second. I love that. But once you started introducing more technology, we're able to see that there was a little bit of a learning curve, but it started creating more efficiencies. Maybe crews were able to get one extra yard done a day or two, whatever it may be. It enables you to scale, mm-hmm. but really, um, even more importantly, uh, I mean, we we were pretty efficient um, before, um, but yeah, it's de- well, no, it's definitely exponentially efficient because you know if if you'd called and we were scheduling a couple hours, we would have to notify you. You know, yeah. we'd have to get all you. Know, they have these printed route sheets, like, <laughs> hey, when you get to that guy's house, you know. Um, it was very paper trailish before, and yeah, the technology makes it so much easier in that aspect. But it also, what I like about it is it puts all the data in one place. So if I send you an estimate through our portal, and then you call the office, the the office person knows nothing about your property, but all the data mm-hmm. is in the CRM and the estimates there. All my notes, you know, if I was at the property. And so she can answer every question like she was there. You know, there's pictures of the property. We always take pictures yeah. when we first go. You know, there's, there's almost, it, we're all on the same page and that's where, uh, that's where it really helped us scale, right? yeah. you know, is where, is where we're at today. And one thing that, that gets me excited is, I mean, you keep track of conversion rates by week, by channel, all that. I mean, you're, you're very data driven or appreciate data, which I appreciate quite a bit. Um, I mean, how much has data been part of, of growing and scaling the business? I mean, is it something that can burden you or has it been helpful in, in some of the decision making that you do? What doesn't get measured does not get improved. And that's just a fact. Um, yeah. And I've changed KPIs over the years, uh, key performance indicators, yeah. I think is what it means. And uh, I've, ch- you know, um, I've got a new, I have actually a KPI sheet. I got to fill it out today. Actually, every week I have these things that I measure and part of the is marketing, but also we track our sales on a weekly basis. Now, it, it would upset me that I would get a P&L at the end of the month and it would say, you did bad. <laughs> They'd be like, okay, now what? Yeah. There, what do you do with yeah. a, a monthly result? And so I said, I need to track this more in real time. So um, I, we track our sales weekly. And this CRM allows us to do that, which is just awesome. I get a, a report emailed to me weekly. But even before that, I can pull up all the jobs in the dispatch for the entire week and see what kind of uh, money we brought in for sales and if we're trending on the up note, then I know we're, we're good. And if we're trending down, if we had a bad week, I don't have to wait to the end of the month to find this out. I'm like, hey, what's going on? What, you know, what, is it a capacity issue? Is it a, are we just not getting enough leads? Do I need to funnel more leads? I'm very in touch with that. Um, very cautious about what my cost per lead is, what it's costing me. And I'm very conscious of what our conversion, in-house conversion is. As far as when a lead comes to us, how many, you know, right now we're about like 35% conversion. Um, and so I like, I measure that number weekly cause I want to see the difference from week to week. Cause if something's changing red flag, you know, you need to always be, you can't run a business without KPIs. Yeah. I, I just don't know how else you would do it. Yeah. Things could be happening and you wouldn't even know it'd be right underneath your nose. Yeah. And it could be three weeks where it's like, man, if I would have just changed that one thing, that negative could have been in the black. Yeah. And, and that's the difference between owing money and actually having money in the bank account. Yeah. I mean, we've been speaking weekly now with as far as regarding marketing and just being able to just tweak little things at a time and knowing mm-hmm. where we stand week to week has been so impactful. I mean, I've been so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not perfect, um, but we're there, you know, yeah. and I, I got to tell you that um, that means so much. It, you can't measure what you're not 
reviewing. Yeah. And uh, here we are reviewing it every week going, okay, well, let's tweak this. Let's play with that. Let's try this. Let's do that. And, um, you know, anybody in any good communication we, in any business communication, mm-hmm. holy cow. I mean, I've grown my whole business on communication. Yeah. Um, contractors in all industries pretty much have a bad rap about not answering the phone <laughs> that, you know, and we try to break all those, uh, all those, um, whatever you, people would call them, just the, the things that have been conditioned in people's mind, like, oh, you got to leave a voice mugging out. No, we, you know, if we can't answer our phone, we have an answering service that picks up during business hours. I do not want it going to voicemail. I'm paying for a lead yeah. on AdWords yeah. or Facebook and it goes to voicemail. It's, you might as well throw in the trash. The conversion rate on that goes it's way gar- down. Yeah, it's yeah. garbage. And um, you see that stuff as you're more out of the weeds, you know? Yeah. So that's where the KPIs really come in handy and you're not in the day-to-day dealing with putting out fires here and there, um, you know, back to systems. And, you know, we have systems of how we handle complaints. I don't even hear about complaints anymore. It's all managed. There's a system really? that, yeah, I mean, we, we automate everything and it'll get to me if it gets bad. I mean, Hey, yeah. at the end of the day, if it gets really bad, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. whatever it takes, yeah. you know, my, our reputation is worth more than any, any dollar amount, yeah. you know, I mean, that's what insurance is for. If somebody has some really bad costly issue that something happened and, you know, well, let's submit it to the insurance. You know, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I would rather not be in business if I can't, if I can't provide a valuable service, I can be helpful and valuable to people. I don't want to be in the marketplace. Yeah. You know why yeah, there's the last thing you want is a bad reputation yeah. and that's the only thing that'll get you through anything. And that's, I think uh, what got me excited when we first met at the Starbucks is, I mean, I, you could hear that. It's like you're either in business to make money or bring value and then the money will come. Um, but definitely have that passion for bringing value to the marketplace. Um, and I mean, how has that open communication done in terms of just repeat business reviews? I mean, you have tons of yeah. tons of five-star reviews. I mean, it seems like people are more willing to share the good experience because it's like a known thing that like, I try and reach out, I'm just going to get nowhere. That was a battle I dealt with early. Uh, well, not early. Early, I was really good at it. I mean, I answered every call, you know, you couldn't put anything over me. I could take care <laughs> of anybody. I, you know, I made it right and I, the buck stopped with me, but you can't scale that way. You can't grow. And, yeah. uh, and I had, uh, definitely had some, some bumpy, bump, bumpy dirt roads. We went down, uh, because of bad hires and bad situations. You know, I can't always be on every job side and now I can't answer the phone if I answer the phone, I wouldn't be able to be here. I yeah. wouldn't be able to look at big picture things and, you know, decide where to spend marketing, where to, you know, do this or that. And if you're in the weeds of things, it's, it's, you, it, I, so, and I understand there's a control aspect of it. Cause I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs about this. They just have trouble letting go of certain things, mm-hmm. you know, especially Yelp. Yelp has got this, you know, you get, <laughs> you get addicted to it. And I, I, you know, I, I am addicted to Yelp where I just want to respond immediately, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I want to earn those five-star reviews and yeah. I've earned so many of them and I, I would let go and then I would get stung. Right. Cause somebody else didn't have the heart I had when they were handling it and you'd get a bad review or two and you're like, uh, uh it's just yeah. so, you know, and, but in, until you learn from those lessons, you won't be able to grow and you have to be able to grow. You can't answer the phone all the time. Not if you're going to, you know, scale, you yeah. know, you can't yeah. be, you know, in and out burger is great, but if there was only one location, I, we wouldn't know about it. Right. It'd be <laughs> California. you like, you know, yeah, if the owner was the one flipping the burgers, yeah, taking the orders, like, making the fries, but it's great. And you can go anywhere and it's great. Right. You know, it's yeah. great, you know? Um, and that's kind of what I tell people like it, you know, in and out might not make the absolute best hamburger, but they make a darn good hamburger and it's reliable and it's consistent, it's fast and it's mm-hmm. reasonable. And, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think we're the best landscaper, but I want to be the best 
business owner that can handle that can deal with a client and make them a hundred percent happy. Um, at the end of the day, you know, um, our mission is to make yards enjoyable. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell my team, I want our clients to have a cup of coffee in their backyard on Saturday morning and just breathe and watch the birds. And And yeah, I don't want them thinking about, I've got to deal with this or something's wrong with Mm -hmm. the yard or is there a sprinkler? I don't, you know, I want them to enjoy their yard, especially now during this time where we're kind of stuck at home, you know, um, that's really what we're, what we're trying, that's what we're trying to accomplish. You know, there's always that, uh, I mean, someone doing it themselves, they can grow it, but it gets to a certain point where it plateaus and you either have to, like you said, delegate, kind of let go a little bit. So, I mean, were there any things that you kind of stumbled on getting to that point and getting over that hurdle? Um, I mean, what was the biggest thing that was the hardest in terms of getting to that scaling point where it's kind of you had to delegate, let go? Is it just the trust thing? Um, Yeah, there's been a lot of those. I'll tell you a recent one. Um, Up just to a couple years ago, I was still doing majority of our estimates. And um, I realized it was a job I still had in my business. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, it was just one of those things that was hard for me to let go. And I actually enjoyed it. You know, got, it gets me, I like to be outside. I don't want to be cooped up in the office. I actually like getting out there, meeting customers. I'm a, I'm a connector. Like I speak, mm-hmm. I like to connect with people and, um, I love giving value. I love the appreciation when I show up and I deliver, um, you know, great service or offer help, or even if it's just advice, you know, I, I love doing that stuff and, um, letting go of that role was difficult but once again, it, I ran it, I kept running to this roadblock. I kept running into this roadblock where I, I would grow and then I would die. Out. Like I couldn't get over this. It was, I called it the glass. I can never hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm still on this trajectory to hit 500 residual maintenance clients. Um, we're at 383 this nice. morning, you know, so I, I, you know, I track that. It's another one of my KPIs. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of things I learned in the last couple of years. But one of the things I realized is we're just, I, we can only, I can only do like about 10 estimates in a day. Yeah. So that's great. But if I'm ever going to hit a thousand customers, there's just no way. Like yeah. I, as soon as, like what ends up happening is I can do only so many estimates. I can do bring in so many leads and we're very, we're very stuck in this bottleneck. And what I realized is we're never going to get past, a, um, that, a, a certain level if I can't somehow automate or systemize the mm-hmm. bid process. Either I got to build a system and hire people to do it, or I got to simplify it and automate it to a way so we don't have to be on site. And that's really what's paid off. And we, I, what we did is we went through all our existing client base and we pulled up all the lot sizes on Zillow and we started realizing, okay, this lot size, we charge yeah. this, this lot size. It's like, why are we going out to these properties? Let's yeah. just give them the price over the phone, you know, call us, We'll give you a price over the phone. You email us. We'll send you a bid right away. We even had like ballpark prices for what cleanups. If you have a 9,000 square foot lot, we had a ballpark price of what the average cost was yeah. for a lot that size, you know, and, you know, instead of us like getting to your property and going, it's going to be this much and like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, like I can at least let them know, listen, our average cleanup for this size is maybe it's $300, you know, yeah. if they're like, well, that doesn't sound so bad. I, you know, I need this place cleaned up. I actually thought maybe it might've been more, you know, or that was close to what I was going to spend. Awesome. We'll go out there, confirm the price. We're, not, we're on site and just do the work. You know, if, if, if we're in that realm, we'll just get it done. And yeah. if it's more, we'll call you and get approval at that point. And what we found is a lot of people were good with that, but more so more people were like, oh, can, you know, I really like a more accurate price. I'm like, send us pictures. 
send us current pictures. And so they send it, started sending, we get a lot of just people go out with their cell phones, snap yeah. some pictures and send it back and we give them a confirmed price. And it's, right it's been great. And, uh, and what I realized is we can do more than 10 bids in a day. <laughs> so what does that mean now? We were, you know, I was bringing in probably about a hundred leads on average a month. Um, and just between myself and we had a couple of crews that could do estimates yeah. too. So if, you know, Chris was on this side of town already, like, go look at this house for me. You're, you're in the area this, you know, she wants to clean up whatever. And he would do the estimate, save me a little bit of time. Uh, but now it's all, all through email, all through phone calls that we're not spending any money on onsite estimates at all. There's no, wow. it's, it's just literally our office personnel handling it. There's a, a calculator right in our our CRM that just spits out a price based off the lot size. And so it's it's been helpful. It's helped us scale. Um, and now my goal is to get 200 leads down the funnel. And that's what I'm working with you on, uh, which we've we actually in March, we hit 205. We had 205 wow. leads come through. We had about 186, I think, in April. And we laid off the gas a little bit in in May. Um, a lot of reasons, but one of them was capacity. We lost a crew foreman. Um so we, we needed to ramp that capacity back up before we really cranked up the ads. And we're really trying to f fine tune the cost per conversion, yeah. right? So I can just hit the gas and then I can make my goal 300 leads yeah. down the funnel, right? Because yep. now that the estimates are pretty much infinite, we can just get more office personnel to help us do those estimates, help us on the office. Yeah. And have people appreciated that process a bit more because then it's not like, oh, well, now I got to wait a couple hours to come out. I mean, has it been a rocky process trying to figure it out? You know, it was nerve wracking in the beginning for us because it was new to us. Uh -huh. um, I think customers, I just think they just oh, this is the way you do it. You know, yeah. like before when you took a cab, you didn't think that you would ever pull up a smartphone and you'd see that, <laughs> you know, we didn't know right. what Uber was till we had it. And then when we had it, you're like, why would we do it any other way? Right. So, um, I, I feel like, yeah, um, I'm, I'm shocked. So I was probably converting closer to 50 to 40 to 50% on site estimates. Cause you know, you're in person, yeah. you know, yeah. you're presentable that there's obviously value in that. And so we're closing at a lower, you know, 30 to 35%, but I can fill the funnel. But you don't have the gas costs, you don't have the human costs, you don't, I mean, sure, the conversion rate is lower, but there's not as much cost to actually close a deal. And so overall, the margins, I'd assume, have gotten a little bit better. The margins, actually, ironically, the margins are all better. Yeah. Uh, because what we found when we did, we went through our whole history of all our old clients and realized, wait a minute, some of these people are underpaying us. <laughs> and then you go look at our budget times, like, oh my gosh, we're literally, we're spending an hour at this property and she's only paying us for a half hour. Like, yeah. it's not right, you know? Yeah. So. Um, we definitely would, um, would, would, would work it out so that our, it was fair all the way across the board. So people, you know, apples for apples. So if I was doing your yard and the neighbor's like, Hey, I heard you're doing it for, you know, Dustin's for this amount. I probably can honor that price because <laughs> it had nothing to do with me and everything to do with your lot size. Yeah. So it made it really uh, convenient for us, efficient for us. And yeah, I was pretty surprised we didn't lose a lot of clients, even increasing the ones that were a little, you know, we usually give them 30 to 60 days, a window to be able to figure out what they want to do. Because yeah. obviously we've been doing it for years and maybe, and um, we had to do the interest. But what, what we found is we, we became more profitable. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. No, I, that's exciting for me to hear because that's literally what we were talking about an hour before you came in is. I mean, when it comes to digital marketing, it's just like, I mean, you got SEO, you got, con it's just like having to come up with a custom proposal every time. It's just, it's tough. I mean, you can only do one or two as you're trying to talk to clients. And so it's only we're trying to really work on is SEO. Here's the four different price points. Here's what you get here, are the deliverables for each one, trying to make it more productized. That way we spend less time actually trying to 
figure out a customer proposal, more time just showing the value of what we can actually bring. And so after hearing that, I, I'm pumped because it's 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 tough. Listen, for you, I, without a doubt, you should have packages online with a little <laughs> click buy me button. That's yep. an auto pay setting. Man, what would I do with them? What I know now about business, I've been doing business, running a business for mm -hmm. over 20 years. And man, um, I have another entrepreneur friend. He goes, you should have these things that are just the, um, I forget the term you use. So they're just like, they're not, oh, non-negotiables. I will never take a client on without a credit card up front. It's just a non-negotiable. <laughs> like, it's like, it, you know, it's going to be an auto pay type situation. And mm -hmm. if I can build a system where it's everything's simple and there's package pricing and there's a, and there's, you know, you go to the car wash and you get, you have four packages to choose from, right? You get the basic yeah. wash, the yeah. mega wash, like that. Everything should be that simple. Yeah. And it's great for the client because they know what they get for their money. And it's great for your team because they know what to deliver yep. for what yeah. you've been, what they've been promised. So it's really, it's a win-win all the way around. Them. That's what we're trying to focus hard on. Cause that's, you have different conversations like, oh, well, this is what we agreed on. And it's just like there, there's nothing set in stone on on if they get this, this is what they get. And everyone's on the same page. And so um, I, it, I, we're trying to get to the point where it's just that, where it's just like we offer SEO content creation. Here's package one, two or three hit buy now. Boom. It puts you on reoccurring payments and uh, you're month to month. But let's let's go. And then it just takes so much less time. I mean, it used to take a week to get a proposal out and stuff like that because it's always like, well, there's this and it's. Yeah. And then you get a no. It's like, man, how many, what could I have done? You're reinventing the wheel for every client. Exactly. That's what you're doing. And that's, and not, that's, that's, that's not scalable. Yeah. That's just, I'm going to tell you, yeah. it's just not scalable. Yeah. You, so if you, if you can build these wheels that find your customers that'll fit in, you know, the package yeah. that they need and, and your, and your packages can change. Like, yeah. you're like, you're like, okay, this isn't working. Like this SEO package, we need to change it or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. You know, like not, I always tell people, Nothing's set in stone. Mm -hmm. You know, you, anything can be changed. And I'd assume that once you got your uh, pricing going and all that, as you started seeing things come back in real time, I'm sure you adjusted pricing and all that. I mean, oh, absolutely. I, is that an ongoing process typically? Uh, yeah. Um, now we, you know, we look at that at least, um, at least once a year, we try to go through our client list and just, we try to see the jobs that we're not as efficient at or that we're not as profitable at, you know? Um, you know, those, you know, if you're, if you're doing pretty well as a business and you don't want to just, I don't feel, I, and there's two mindsets of this, but I, my thought is if we're going to increase a, a segment of our client base, why don't we increase the ones that are paying us the least yeah. for the, you know, what we're providing? Uh, cause if we're going to lose one, you know, I'd rather lose one of them than a, a one uh -huh. that's we're profitable with. So, um, but I, I have a, a mentor of mine that, ran a really large, um, alarm, alarm system got like, you know, like an ADP type, yeah. but it was different. And he sold it, uh, know, five, six years ago. And he said every 18 months, just right across the board, he did a, a really, you know, it went from 2152 to 2205, yeah. you know, yeah. it was, it was in, in, it was ins insignificant, but across the board and he had thousands of customers. I mean, you just do the math. Yeah. And so, and people kind of get used to that. You know, if you're not, it's fair. I mean, price, gas prices go up yeah. sometimes. I mean, uh, cost of good. Yeah. I mean, restaurant prices are going up. I just went to a restaurant <laughs> the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, the prices are just like flying off the handle. Three months of revenue to make up for. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. It's normal. And it's not like, you know, if you're gluttonous with your, your price increases, it can be an issue. But you know, I, I, we found a client that went from every two weeks to every four weeks and then went back to every two weeks and we kept billing them for every four weeks. 
And so we didn't catch it for like a year. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, you're paying like the wrong rate. So I, you know, I just, and she was upset normally, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to, you know, basically it was doing (laughs) her yard for half price. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to take food out of my kid's mouth to do your yard. You know, it's kind of, I mean, I don't say that, but (laughs) that's kind of how I feel, you know, at the end of the day, we got to, I love doing what we do, Mm -hmm. um, but we got to eat and we got to pay our bills and, and we need a strong team, man. You cannot scale without a strong team and you need to be able to compensate your team and you want to make your team enjoy coming in. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. I, I hear so many stories about people that just have challenges with like building their team and. And I've had mine, you know, and I still do. We still run into our challenges, but there's just so much, um, so much opportunity there. And one thing that I, I love, I mean, watching you on social and stuff like that, I mean, you go hiking, you're out doing a lot, as you mentioned, you're, you're just a people person. How much has networking played in growing your business? So I did a lot of uh, B&Is and Latips and that type of, you know, chamber. Um, I'm just an outgoing person naturally. I... Um, it's, it's been helpful in the early days, but as you start to scale, you just find that, um, marketing is really where the growth is. I mean, you, 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 you don't get 10 X growth going to a BNI meeting, Yeah. you know, um, maybe, maybe if you just start out, you get 10 X growth, but not if you're at, you know, half million, million, yeah. $2 million in sales, you're not going to get 10 times growth going <laughs> to a BNI meeting. So you, you really have to look at other avenues. You know, I've got a friend of mine that just signed a deal with, um, iHeartRadio, you know, they're going to be running ads with, uh, John Jane Rich on 104.7, which is awesome, you know, but he's next level. He, he gets 200, 300 leads a month now, you know, and he needs to go to that next level. So, and ironically I met him in a BNI, you know, so he was at BNI, but you know, he's not going to get the growth he wants from, from that type of networking. Although you make great connections, you know, connections are more than just about getting leads. I think, um, building relationships, you and I met in a connection. Um, it, there's so much more um, for me. Networking is so much. Connecting is so much more than just. In fact, now I am actually in a networking meeting now, and I literally I tell them what I do. But my usually my ask is usually let's do a video. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need some content this yeah. month on something related to landscaping and your industry. Let's do that. You know, because actually I enjoy making the videos. It's fun. I find it enjoyable. It's you know, it's great about owning a business. You get to pick the things that you want to do that you can do. Like if I yeah. love still doing bids, I would do them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't for a long time. I really did enjoy them, but I realized I was getting in my own way. Um, but you get to pick the things that you're good at that are fun. And, and if you're smart, you're, you know, the things that you don't like, you write down and you hire somebody <laughs> to do them. Immediately, you know? yeah. yeah. Like if, if there's funds there, it should be spent on things that you're, that are draining, right? Yeah. Um, you're going to be a better employer if yeah. you're, if you're happy. And most people are pretty happy if they've just got a job and they know what success looks like. They know what their tasks are and they know what it looks like to get their job done. And people just want to feel fulfilled. It, like they're, they're a part of something, right? And they, they have to feed their family. They got bills to pay. But at the end of the day, if they don't feel, if they don't feel fulfilled, um, you know, they're, they're not always happy. You're only as strong as your locker, t- or your locker room. And it's just like, to your point, it's like, if everyone feels like part of a team, you go out there and execute a lot better. You just win more games. And, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's such a huge part of, of what we're trying to figure out how to grow and stuff like that. And so just being together as a team is a huge aspect of it. Um, and as we kind of just 
wrap things up, I mean, you've done a lot from, I mean, you started early on. I mean, you've grown it from just yourself to having teams, creating process. I mean, you've done a lot. What What is one piece of advice you have for maybe new entrepreneurs or people that are just starting off trying to trying to figure it out? New entrepreneurs, probably a different level. Just um, start tracking early. Um, I meet uh, one guy operations all the time and I ask him, well, what are your daily sales? I'm like, daily sales? I'm like, well, track, what, what do you make daily? That number is so important. You know, um, if you know what you make on a daily, on a good day, you know what a good day looks like, you start getting better at saying no. And it's hard early <laughs> yeah, on to yeah. say no. So my early entrepreneurs, I, you know, get a pad of paper and just write down your job and how much you made. The next job, how much you made. Next job, you know, and, so, you know, Penny, some guys are, I have a handyman I help out. You know, he might do two, three jobs in a day. And, you know, if he knows a good day, he makes a thousand dollars. It's hard to look at somebody that's like, I want this new door installed. It's going to take you half a day, but they only want to pay you 200. You're like, I'm, you know, <laughs> I just made a thousand dollars yesterday. Why would I spend half my day for 200 yeah. here? You, you start to, it, it, we get as entrepreneurs, we just, we stick our nose down and we just work, right? We're like, we can work our way through this, but you could really just got to work smarter too. So yeah. from early, early adopters, I would tell them somebody starting off, track your daily sales. It's so impactful. And then as you grow, you know, you keep tracking, but you track weekly, monthly, obviously. And, um, when you're, when you've got more of a business, you know, somebody, when you got a team and you're, and you're doing pretty well, um, I cannot recommend it enough. This, this organization's changed my life. It's entrepreneurs organization, entrepreneurs organization, um, is EO is what we all call it. And, um, to be in the club, it's like basically a kind of a club where, you're just, you're around your peers. Um, you experience share. It, it's, uh, we're all type A. We're, we're all successful businesses. EO, you have to make a million dollars in, sale or, in sales or more. And so you're around your peers, people that are dealing with similar problems that you're dealing with. You have employees, you have payroll, you have issues. And we're all, we're all type A. So we're very, you know, nobody's there going like, you should do this. It's more yeah. like, oh, I experienced that where I couldn't make payroll and I didn't know what to do. And well, this is what happened with me. And you tell your story and everyone gets value out of it. You're like, wow, like, holy cow. You know, the, some of the crazy stories you hear is amazing. And they've got a program that really changed my life before I was able to reach that milestone was uh, the accelerator program. So if you're making a quarter of a million in sales or, or more, you can go into, it's kind of like a school to yeah. get you into the larger level. And it's based around Rockefeller Habits, um, the Verna Harnish's second book, um, Scaling Up. And they basically teach uh, people day, execution day, sales and strategy. So those are the four subjects matters you deal with on a quarterly basis. You spend all day at a quarterly um, with 50 or 60 of entrepreneur peers at your level. And then you meet monthly with a accountability coach. And he basically just holds feet to your fire. You're around four or five of your peers that are your level. And there's one guy, uh, one entrepreneur from EO that's doing above a million in sales. And basically, he's been through all the experiences, yeah. right? So when everyone's telling their experience share and saying, this is what I'm challenged, this is what I'm dealing with, we're able, you know, the entrepreneurs, able, you know, the head guys usually yeah. share a lot, but it's impactful what goes on in that just peer to peer. Like there's so much value. And in fact, sometimes the younger entrepreneurs that are getting started are trying things that we, you know, TikTok's big right now. Like, yeah. I don't know anyone doing it right now that's in this uh, group, but you know, you, you, you're always surprised. Like you'll find somebody that's just using a new app or a new, using something new that you can like, what? 
And that's helping you with your business? How? Yeah. You know, and it's always some young guy coming out of nowhere. He's making a ton of money. And you're like, how what? <laughs> and you're like, okay, I gotta try that. And so some of the the um guys that have been um, in entrepreneurs organization for a while, they get a lot of value. Um, you know, coaching the accelerators because they're coming out and they seeing like, you know, that's gonna disrupt my business if I don't get in on that and see. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. it's a great organization. Um check it out. It's so awesome. Like I can't say enough about it. I, I joined about five, six years ago and um, it's, it's, I would never, I wouldn't be here where I'm at today without it. I was, my big thing was I couldn't get out of the office. I was really good at managing my team and I was good at being the overhead, but I couldn't get away. I couldn't yeah. hike in the mornings. <laughs> you know, I, I had to be at the office. I had to meet with every foreman before they left because there was always things to go over from the day before, yeah. or there's things that came up that are going to happen the next day that we need to talk about. And I always had to be a part of that. And I can never hire my role. I can never copy myself. And so it was a really challenge. It was a big challenge for me. Um, but man, um, I definitely, I made a lot of mistakes getting to where I'm at right now. I'm not going to lie. Just in the last five years, I made a lot of mistakes, but man, have I come out a better, a better person, a better human, a better husband. Like I, it's amazing uh, what it's done for me and, and my fam, my entire family. So can't say yeah. enough about it. There's just so much to be said about just passing knowledge. I mean, that's learn from others, others experiences. I mean, that's part of the reason I started all this was just to highlight what other people have done, what they've gone through and just pass the knowledge. I mean, that's more knowledge you can suck up, the better decisions you can make and uh, come Absolutely. out less, less why cut make, up. Why make a mistake some, some 10 other people have made already when they could be like, stop, wait a minute, we did this, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we did this and it did work. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh well, I'll go, maybe I'll go this way, right? <laughs> so that's all it is. And oh my, it feels so good to be able to help somebody. It feels good for the entrepreneur. Obviously, the entrepreneur that's yeah. big and shady feels great. And then it, what gives nothing but desire to give back the other way. Like, oh, well, what are you doing with your marketing? Oh, well, that's, you know, like, hey, I, I can help there. So it's amazing how we're just there for one another and how it's it's like it's turned into this family for me. It's definitely, I hang out with different people that uh, didn't hang out with before. So, I mean, that's where the or the process docs all come in is trying to, trying to take a step back and, and not be the one that has to be the main focus of decision-making, communicating and all that. It's tough. Um, but it's a big goal. And then that way I can do some more. I mean, I, I need to get back in the gym and I need to do a lot more stuff. Sure. I mean, I, I am yeah, four thirty in the morning to ten at night on that computer. Just I know, I know you. You answer my emails so on the weekend. I think it's crazy. Which, but I was there, so I, I get it. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being empathetic when I'm answering you that way. Like stop answering my emails. It's it's out of empathy because I know I was there, and I'm like I just like I want um I just want the best for people. Cool. So have you heard of Trainual? Have you heard mm -hmm. of that? So Trainual is a huge company. I'll have to uh, show it, explain to you, but it's basically uh, you can build your whole training process on this oh, online really? platform. And the guy is Guru's business right out of Entrepreneur's Organization. Really? Yeah. The guy's I, I want to get yeah. more information on that. I have to tell you all about it. It's, and a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, the Loom videos, that's a lot of it's on the back end, but it's all very systemized. Well, I really appreciate the time, Eli. How can people find out if they need to get their yard done or, yeah, or, uh, yeah I want to connect? How do they find you in the business? Yeah, just uh, go to our website, azlons.com. Um, I, I love it. If people could follow me online on Facebook at AMS landscaping, our YouTube page is huge. I love, uh, posting content there. At, uh, that's also at AMS landscaping. Uh, we do a lot of stuff on Instagram. My Instagram handles AZ lawns. Uh, but yeah, it, we love giving DIY tips, uh, you know, do it yourself stuff and just being helpful. 
uh, for people. And and when they're ready, if they need some help, even if it's a one-time deal, we'd love to be able to help them out. Yeah. No, that's something I love about what you're posting as well. Is it's none of it is salesy. It's all do it yourself. And it's, it's, it's giving value. And you know that that's just going to bring business your way for the people that, you know, that sounds good. Thanks for giving me the keys. I just don't want to drive. Yes. Yeah. That's so exactly that's right. Yeah. Really cool. Well, yeah. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs>